We've all been hurt. We all carry scars. We can all overcome these things and be healed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's build that relationship together right here. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody and welcome back to the sanctuary. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you here. As we get started today, I do want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who messaged about last week's episode, Wanna Be Tough Guys. Um, As some of you are aware, I was getting over a cold, so I wasn't sure how well I sounded, let alone how well I came across. So thank you so much for your kind messages. They are very uplifting and very empowering. Uh, Of course, um, to everybody, I, I will tell you, I love getting your prayer request. Uh, I do pray over every single one. I do see every single one, regardless of whether it's a DM through Facebook uh, or you know you email me, any of that stuff. I do see all of them. I do pray over all of them. So please keep them coming. Um, a caveat to that, if you would like to have me share anything you know, here with the church uh, or anything uh, here on the podcast, anywhere... Please, please, please uh, do include that it is okay for me to share it with others, and I will happily do so. If you would like to remain anonymous, please include that as well. Uh, I can definitely share your needs with others to pray on so we can all come together as a church without calling you out individually. That's not a problem. Okay, so um, also any questions that you have, any topics or subjects you'd like to hear, hear me discuss Um, Please keep those coming in. All right. And with that, let's get started here. So, you know, we all have questions in life and and they start early in our childhood when we start exploring our world and they continue as we get older from the imaginations of a child to the complexities of the universe as we know it and beyond. You know, some answers are simple. Others are are more complex. Some even leave us with more questions. However, not every question has an answer that we like. In fact, some answers we really don't want to hear or downright refuse to hear. Others, you know, other questions leave us without answers entirely. And because of this, many people begin to have doubts in their lives. Now, some deal with those doubts and they drive on and they live out their lives. Others begin to doubt and doubt their faith. And because people begin to live in a world, you know, and begin to live in that doubt, it can consume them and it can harden their hearts. And some don't look at any of these options as being acceptable. So they begin to look for even more answers. And today, that is exactly what we're going to start looking at as we begin studying the 10th shortest book in the Bible, Habakkuk. All right. So, of course, I have a little bit of background and we're going to be going over this for the next few weeks. Okay. So now Habakkuk, he, he wrote this book to the people of Judah. And it was to show that God is still in control, even though it looks like evil is winning and just running rampant throughout the world. Something 
we can still relate to easily today. And this was written between 612 BC, after the fall of Nineveh, and before the Babylonian invasion of Judah in 588 BC. The book of Habakkuk can really be broken down into three pieces. Now, a lot of papers that you read, a lot of like the study Bibles, you know, and so on, they'll kind of break it down into two pieces. Q&A and then prayer, all right? Um, but really, as you're going to see here, it can be broken down into three pieces. And I'm going to explain what they are right now. So in chapter one, we're going to see Habakkuk has questions. He has a lot of questions. And a lot of um, your text, a lot of your translations are going to refer to these as complaints. All right. So in chapter one, we're going to see the questions. We're going to see some answer from God, but then we're going to see more questions. And really, chapter one is really dedicated to those questions and those complaints. In chapter two, we're going to see how God answers him. And really, chapter 2 is dedicated to God providing answers. And then in chapter 3, which is the third part, we'll find Habakkuk's praise as he responds in a prayer of faith. Alright, so the three parts. Chapter 1, really, dedicated to questions or complaints. Chapter 2, God's answers. And then 3, prayer and faith. As we go through, we're going to see that just like Habakkuk, we can also bring our questions, our complaints, our frustrations to the Father, who will not only listen, but will give us an answer. And like Habakkuk, we can all rejoice at the fact that he is in control and very much at work in our lives. Now, for those who follow along in their Bible, and for those who like taking notes, uh, please join me here in the book of Habakkuk. Uh, Now, it's going to be towards the end of the Old Testament, so about midway through your Bible, if that helps you to get there any faster. All right, so Habakkuk chapter 1, we're going to be looking at chapter 1 today. And we're going to kick off here with verses 1 through 4. So Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, Violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. So, again, Habakkuk lived in Judah during the reign of Jehoiakim, uh, which we can learn more about in Second Kings. Um, if you if you want to take a look at that, if you go to Second Kings chapter twenty three, verse thirty six, and then going all the way through chapter twenty four through verse five, you can read more about that there. We can all learn from that. Um, we'll be, we'll be covering that here at a much later time. Um, 
But if you wanted to go ahead, that's where you'll find it. Now, Babylon was the rising powerhouse in the region and quickly, you know, moved up to become the dominant world power of the day. Habakkuk was very disheartened by a lot of the same things that we see today. He was looking at violence. He was looking at corruption. He was looking at the elite keeping the common man down, uh, a legal system that was dysfunctional. And we just saw, you know, he, he called it paralyzed, paralyzed. Um, you know, so we could definitely relate to that because we, we see struggles in our own legal system today. And he wanted to know why God seemed so indifferent, you know, or basically like he didn't care about everything that was going on. You know, he was asking, why do, pe- why do good people suffer while evil people go unchecked and unpunished? You know, and we, we've all had that question ourselves. And he was witness to all of these things, just like we are today. Now, prior to his ministry... The temple was already being desecrated, and he was witness to that as well. You know, prostitution was common. Pagans were sacrificing their children uh, in addition to other evil acts to appease their idols or their false gods. Uh, it, it was, you know, for, for, for the faithful people of Judah, it was a very overwhelming and just downright scary you know, thing to, to witness is very, you know, those are very dark days. And, and much like today, Habakkuk lived in chaos, you know, for some of us, even more so in chaos uh, than what we live in today. Um, you know, he, he was looking at the, the same kinds of things, though, uh, wars, threats of wars, rumors of wars, do- dirty, do- um, dirty politicians, you know, um, a, a broken legal system. You know, same the same things that we're confronted with daily, the same things building up ungodly people, you know, and destroying other people's lives, just like we see today. You know, he, he's he was asking, how long is this going to go on? Doesn't that sound familiar? You know, we we hear that same question from unbelievers and those of faith. You know, it's it's a big reason why a lot of people doubt. It's like, what's going on with this? Is it, you know, we have a God and this is going to keep happening. You know, why, why does God let bad things happen to so many people? Why doesn't he do something about it? What we all need to remember is that God will always do the right thing for the right reason in his time. Not ours, in his. He has a reason for allowing evil things to continue even though we may not understand it because he can take anything and use it for his will he can take a bad thing and turn it to something good all right now let's continue we're going to look at verses 5 through 11 now so habakkuk chapter 1 verses 5 through 11 The Bible says, Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are a 
feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and they scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. So, very narcissistic people, right? You know, they're, they're looking at, the, uh, at themselves. They're worshiping themselves, basically. You know, um, God is responding. God's responding. He's telling Habakkuk, stand back and prepare to be amazed. The show's about to kick off. All right. You know, and, and the Jews, you know, they would indeed see the unbelievable. The first thing that they're going to see is their own kingdom was going to go from being a strong independent nation to a vassal nation. Vassal meaning submissive. All right. That's that's one of those words that gets put out there and a lot of people don't break down. A lot of people are like, Whoa, what's what is the exact meaning of this? I mean, are they indentured servants? What's going on? Yeah, they're they're submissive. They're being brought brought underneath and you know, basically stepped on. Um, second, you know, one of the second things that uh, they were going to see was Egypt, who was a tremendous world power, was quickly going to be wiped out. They're going to be brought leveled out real quick. Um, the other one, Nineveh, so the Assyrians, they were the other world power. And they were pulverized to a point where people couldn't even remember where, where they stood. Like, I, I think it's in that direction. I'm not exactly sure where, but I think if you go that way, maybe you'll find something. I mean, they were just wiped out. You know, like, like they didn't even exist. For It took a long, long time before archaeologists were even, even able to, to find a piece uh, of where their civilization was. Um, Babylonians, you know, they, they were going to rise up and they were going to very quickly uh, become the top world power. They're going to move up to the very tippy top of the spear there. All right. And, and during the course of a lifetime, you know, really less, um, you know, that generation, they witnessed all of these things come to pass, you know, things that nobody ever could have imagined would happen. The rise and fall of nations and the shift of world power. And I think of that, the rise and fall of nations and the shift of world power. Habakkuk raised questions. You know, he had complaints, he had frustrations, but, you know, he voiced all these things to God. He's like, dude, what's up? What gives? And God, in turn, answered and told him, hey, stand back. Amazing things are about to happen. Just, just sit back and watch. Check out this show. See, when we're surrounded by chaos and we're, and we're witness to evil things regularly, it gets really hard to remember 
that God is in control. We may even start to wonder, you know, has he forgotten about us? Uh, I'm sure at some point the, the majority of us have, have even wondered, you know, hey, has, has God stopped watching? Does, does he even care about this anymore? You know, or did, did he go on vaca- vacation? You know, I'll remind you, none of us, not one, is here by mistake. None of us are here by coincidence. We're not living as a result of fate or some freak accident in the cosmos or anything like that. We are all here and living in this time in accordance with God's will for each of us. And when we open ourselves up to him and his will for our lives, then we are able to accept his answers and we find patience and peace because we're able to wait for things to happen in his time and not ours. That, that's the hardest part right there. His time, not ours. We're, we're in a big part, you know, we're, 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 we're doing the whole hurry up and wait thing. Hurry up and wait. You know, we've all heard that. Military, we live by that motto. Uh, you know, the, the Babylonians, they, they lived in the, in the northern Persian Gulf. And their ascension of power started around 630 B.C., Within roughly 25 years, they had beaten the biggest world powers of Assyria and Egypt. Now, of course, Assyria, uh, that's, you know, when we're talking about Nineveh, because Nineveh was their capital, as we just learned, you know, in in the previous weeks in our studies. Um, So when we talk about Nineveh, we're talking about Assyria and the Assyrians. And then Egypt. Egypt was another huge power for years and years. All right. Um, Looking at verses 9 through 11, we can see that the Babylonians, they were just as nasty and evil, if not more so, than the Assyrians. and, And it wasn't just because of their violence. It was also because of the fact that they liked to take captives and they were very prideful people. Very boastful. They they were especially proud of their military, their military might, and, and they placed their full trust in it. It's like, oh, who's going to beat us? You know, we're just going to beat them into submission. You know, it's kind of that, that same mentality a lot of people have. It's like, oh yeah, we got the we got the nukes. We got the, no. It's that same mentality. Um, you know, Babylonian armies they they'd gone and they they developed new tactics and methods. Um, and they, they'd ramped up tech, their technologies to be able to take down fortified locations. You know, places that previously had been considered impenetrable and unbeatable. You know, they, and to top that off, they had no regard whatsoever, zero, zero regard for humanity. And, and just like the armies that they had crushed, they in turn also pillaged and plundered and burned cities and raped and killed as they deemed, you know, as they saw fit. Whatever they wanted. They just went through, just, you know, jolly jolly giants just doing their thing because they ruled the world. 
you know, and, and they brought home uh, wealth and perceived glory as they basically just march right over other nations and bring them in, you know, they'd bring them into submission or destroy them. And they'd bring home these riches to and pay tribute to pay tribute to their idols, and for and forced others to do the same. Now, here's the thing about about idols and about idolatry. The basis of idolatry is going to God and, and asking Him, or even false gods, to help us to get everything we desire. That's also the problem with prosperity preachers. You know, the whole, live your best life now. But it's not biblical. Matter of fact, we, we even see this, you know, in the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. You know, this is this is what Satan is offering. This is what Satan is offering in the world. It's what he's been trying to offer, you know, from the very beginning. So, it's not biblical. It's not godly. It, you know, and the contrast is what we find in Christianity. When we ask God to help us give our all to help others and to best serve Him. Idolatry is self-glorification and selfishness, while faith is the the glorification of God and selflessness, servant leadership, if you would. Regardless of what people claim, their actions one way or the other, they will tell the truth about their relationship with Jesus. Are they all about the self-glorification, self-gratification, that selfishness? Or are they about the glorification of God and being selfless, putting others first? You know, let's look, let's take a look at sports. Sports are an extremely easy way of seeing where people stand. Uh, you know, I, I read an article a ways back, and it was talking about a high school girls basketball team. I, I, I want to say it was out of Texas. I can't remember. It's been a little a little little times past. Uh, but anyhow, um, their teams. You know, it's talking about their team and how they prayed before every game and it was a student led prayer they they had somebody that would go in and, and you know the team prayer if you would and they would lead the team uh, in, in this prayer before every game now while yes they want to win just like every other team they don't pray to win you know um instead what they what they pray for is the health of both teams that nobody gets hurt that everyone who plays plays to the best of their ability and that they all have safe travel home afterwards and not just the teams but also their families their friends and their fans now how powerful is that what does that say about this team's connection with the father What's that say for all of us, for that matter? You know, it'd be just as easy to pray for a win. And and let's face it, people do that on and off the field. People who, put, you know, we're talking about athletes and their fans. You know, but instead, this team humbles themselves and they pray about the things that matter. Idolatry versus faith. I think you all would agree with me that faith is a much prettier thing. 
So join me now. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go back into uh, the book of Habakkuk here. We're gonna start wrapping up this chapter here fairly soon. Uh, we're gonna look at verses twelve through seventeen now. So Habakkuk chapter one verses twelve through seventeen. The Bible says, "Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment." You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Have you made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler, The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them in his dragnet. And so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet. For by his net, he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net? destroying nations without mercy? You know, Habakkuk, he had some good questions, didn't he? And they're the same questions that we ask today. They really are. You know, and this is and this is one of those reasons why, you know, Christians say that answers that people are looking for um, in life are in the Bible. We're seeing some great examples of this just in this opening chapter. In his prayers, Habakkuk didn't hold back. Because remember, that's what a prayer is. It's talking to God. It's a conversation with Jesus. You know, his his despair about using absolutely evil people, you know, for him, that raised some red flags, some really big flags. You know, and, and he didn't let that hold him back from asking God what the deal was. Like, dude, what's up? What's going on here? What we're seeing here is really two things. One, God can use bad things to bring about good. There's nothing he can't use. All right? And two, he wants us to ask questions. He wants to hear our concerns, our questions, our complaints. He wants them all. He wants to hear it. He wants us to talk to him. And he does not want us to hold back. He wants us to talk about everything. That's what relationship is. Even if he already, well, it's not even if. He, we already know he does know everything. He does. But he doesn't want us to hold back. He wants us to go forward and talk to him. And we should all be as bold as Habakkuk and not be afraid to ask those hard questions. You know, just like any other questions, we need to remember we may not like the answers that we get back. Some of them might be so hard that we just downright really don't want to hear them. However, just like Habakkuk, we may find that certain answers that we're looking for come from suffering. And it's more often than not that we find our answers when we're suffering because it is at that time that we're able to see God the clearest, that we're, that we're looking towards him like, dude, I need help. What's going on? You know, the, 
the veils pulled back a little bit. You know, we're, we're, we're more willing to let down and let go of our worldly tethers and trust in God's hand. There's a reason why people have to hit rock bottom before they're more likely to turn to God than those who are at the top of the mountain. Judah was about to be punished, and it was going to be through the Babylonians. Habakkuk was very much up in arms about it. He wasn't happy. He was not a happy camper. You know, why would God use a nation so evil to do this, to punish them? In addition to this, the Babylonians didn't even realize that they were being used as a tool to bring about God's will. They were so caught up in their own idolatry. Like, look at me, I'm so big and bad. What are they going to do, huh? I'm just going to run through them. Watch this. Lay them out. You know, they, they were going to be the very thing that was going to turn Judah back to God. Because as a nation, they had strayed. And that's why they were going to be punished. They're, the Babylonians were going to be the very tool that brought them back into alignment with God. And Babylon's own pride would also ultimately become its own downfall. Evil people, evil groups, evil organizations, evil states, nations, and so on, they are never beyond God's control. He will use them as tools to accomplish what he needs to. And then he'll deal with them accordingly. He may well be telling them, you know, be using them to, to, to tell us something, to correct us in our actions, in our thought processes, to bring us back into alignment with him and his will. After all, none of us is without sin. So, you know, who, who are we to complain you know, about how the Father deals with us when it comes to that sin, how He punishes us or corrects us, how He guides us. You know, we're His children. He is the parent. That's something so many of us forget these days. You know, especially with children being allowed to disrespect parents and families and teachers and law enforcement and so on. The Father knows what's best for all of us. It's on us to lean into him and trust what he is doing. Just like children need to, to relearn that they need to be able to, you know, to trust in their parents and parents need to get plugged back in. You know, that hurt, that pain, that suffering in our lives, in my life, in your life. That suffering is a reminder that we need to stay focused on Jesus and not the storm around us. To look at him and not what's going on, you know, not, not what the world is doing, not the, 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 those distractions. We need to trust in Jesus. He will not fail you. He, it will never happen. He will not fail you. And we have hope in the fact that we know he loves us and will look out for us. We have hope in hardship. Loss, pain, that he is with us. And we have hope because of him. All right. So that, that's all we're going to cover for this week. 
Um, again, next week, you know, we're going to go into chapter two and we're going to look at more at the God's answers. All right. So join us then as we see more of what, you know, of God's response and we start moving uh, towards chapter three when we look at Habakkuk's prayer of faith. Remember, Jesus loves you. He has your back in all things. It's not always about our timing. It is about his. So go and be the church. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or would like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on our website at bethelightsanctuary.org or on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. We'll catch you next time. God bless.